Good morning. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the to the sixth episode of season. I was like, what number are we? Season two of Brunches and Dragons. Thanks for joining us today. And today's episode is brought to you by the Death in Venice. Yes. Yeah. So pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Such a lovely color. It's such a pretty color. color. Well, who are you? I'm Sammy Stark. And I'm Katie Banks. Great heroes need great sorrows and burdens, or half of their greatness goes unnoticed. It's all part of the fairy tale. What's that from? (laughs) I don't know. You picked. You found it. I found that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we don't know where that's from. Hey, if you guys know where that quote's from, you should let us know. Uh, what did I find? I'm gonna look it up know. now because I don't. Yeah. Uh, when Sam does work in advance. Yeah. But in other words, today we are going to be continuing our journey through the editions of D and D, which means today we're looking at fourth edition. Oh da- God, da- da- I'm da- such a dummy. What? That's from my favorite book slash movie, The Last Unicorn. I do remember finding that quote now. I do remember that. Uh, You knew it. You were just blocking it. It's like the lack of caffeine. I got to work my way through this. Yeah. Great. Uh, Great book. I'm not a... I rewatched the movie recently and I was like, wow, okay. It's traumatizing a little bit. Do you want to know something really funny? Yeah, but it was also not as good as I remember. Really? Yeah. The book is just as good, though. Yeah. I read it recently. The scripts are almost identical. The only part is the child. It's just weird. I was like, ah. The Studio Ghibli, um, which makes all the Hayao Miyazaki films, which we Mm -hmm. love and adore, uh, that was actually their first film prior to being Studio Ghibli. Oh, wow. Yeah. Little little tidbit of knowledge there for your Sunday brunch. (laughs) Uh, well guys um just a reminder we are streaming bi-weekly for sunday brunch hello there we are streaming now um sammy tell people if they are not listening right now where they can tune in um next time uh you can come to twitch.tv backslash zero bandersnatch zero that is my username you can probably just type in bandersnatch in the twitch search and find us Follow, nice. give a follow, yay. Give us a follow. Um, you should still be able to listen um, to our podcast via our website, Spotify, or iTunes as well. So just stay tuned to our website and our Instagram account, um, or just ask us if you know us, um, and you'll <laughs> be able to get updates on what's going on. And where we're doing it. So far, we're doing it every other week on schedule. We haven't had any delays or weird events, so... Uh, that's good. I don't anticipate anything, but we do post any updates on, on our Instagram for that purpose. So, right. Exactly. Exactly. So for more information on who we are or why we're doing this podcast, listen to episode zero on Spotify or iTunes, or check out our website at brunches-and-dragons.com or follow us on Instagram at two brunch dragons. Two brunch dragons. Um, if you have questions, comments, episode ideas, or you just want to chat, you can email us at brunches.dragons at gmail.com. You can fill out the contact us form on our website, or you can just tell us in chat if you're watching live. Yeah. Um, sometimes that helps if we're having technical difficulties because as you know, we don't really listen to ourselves when we're mm-hmm. recording it. So um, 
if you hear something or say something, yeah, you know, the echo is unreal. So if something cuts out later on, um, let us know. Stream goes down. I think we've fixed all of our stream issues. And I'm every day I'm learning something new about computers, and I didn't realize that the USB ports in your computer are powered by your your computer, right? But they don't mm -hmm. always dedicate enough power for the number of ports you have. So I was maxing out my USB ports and wasn't was unable to like use all of my USB equipment. So, I didn't that. That's yeah. Good to know. So I bought a, a powered USB strip for that. So now oh. I will have no audio cutouts. My webcam will work. My controller works. Very exciting. That's very good. That's good to know because yeah. um, you know since I mine's just a laptop. There's only like I think three. Mm -hmm. So. I would, I would assume it only powers one, which I'm already using for my mic. So <laughs> <laughs> It only works with the one. Yeah, this one has, already this works. computer has like 10 USB ports and I was using the majority of them. Wow. So, yeah. All right. Well, crazy. Um, so like we said earlier today, we're going to be taking a look at the strange world of 4E and what it meant for the world of D&D. &D. Um, so while I was researching 4E, I came across some really passionate people oh. <laughs> about it um Ouch. so one of the things I, ca I came across was an article by um a person who goes by the angry gm um and he he pretty much stated in this article it was a great article if you ever want to read his stuff he's really cool um, but he he's great uh, so the, but he said the best way that he could describe his feelings about 4E was a quote from one of his favorite YouTubers, um, whose name is Ross Game Dungeon, um, that it's such a mixed bag that it's literally a bag. Um, it's a literal bag that if you could stick your hand into it, it would be filled with gold nuggets and snapping turtles. Uh, so that's how uh, he thinks uh, 4E was. And I feel like that is like 100% how people felt about 4E. Um, it was like a basically an emotional roller coaster for players. Um, and I have often received it to refer to as like the Pixar Disney movie of D&D editions. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So pretty cool. But uh, yeah, so I can imagine, you know, that that's pretty much describes it like sticking your hand in something and being like, I really hope it's gold. That's ah, a turtle. Yeah. So it's like some of it was good and some of it was bad and you didn't really know what to expect and what was going to be good or bad. Yeah. And this was in, when did they release fourth edition? 2007? Yeah. So um, in 2007 wizards um, released a preview of the fourth edition. So this was the first time they ever did this. They released um, a book called wizard presents races and classes. Um, and this book was and I think it was like at the end of 2007. So this book was everybody's first look um, at the concepts and designs that went into making this next edition. So kind of like a teaser. Um, it also included like a timeline of of events on like how they're planning it and then various excerpts excerpts from the creators. Mm -hmm. So like think of it as like a trailer for like an upcoming movie. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then in the January, so the next month, January 2008, Eight, um, they released another book behind the books, behind the scenes book that was called Wizards Presents um, Worlds and Monsters. And this one had essays and notes from the game designers. And it also explored like the different locations that, that you would visit and then the monsters. Um, How cool. So this was something I think that was kind of really cool and special about 4E 
um, because it seemed like wizards and the creators took a long and hard uh, look at the overall gaming experience um, as a whole and like the excitement and the buildup and not only just getting the stuff to play it. And so players really were excited about 4E. They got really, really hyped because they could follow its whole development. Um, you know, they could read the interviews, they could read articles, they could listen to podcasts um, about about what was coming out. So it was a really special time in the world of D&D, like getting hype, uh, people who played, it was drawing new people in who maybe had not played before. Um, and so the designers, because of that, really wanted to focus on their design philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we haven't seen really anything like this since this happened. They don't really do this anymore. You, they don't. We don't get the hype and buildup. We talk about it afterwards, like, oh, something new was released. But they don't tell you. They're not hyping you up as much. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like. It just appears. This, yeah, it just yeah. appears. Or you get a little so. banner on D&D Beyond that says, hey, you're getting this thing. Cool. Yeah, like yeah. I saw an article yesterday that Matt Mercer just created two new playable, character, playable character classes. Uh, and so you can read the article on that. But So it's already released. So it's really cool. The content's out there. But there hasn't been anything, like, so much hype about, like, this new edition's coming out since four, before 4E. So, um yeah, but it's so it was a pretty cool time for people and people were getting pumped and Wizards was really trying to build the D&D world uh, because, you know, they had people who played, but they didn't really they wanted to pull more people in. So right. starting yeah. that evolution of nerds are cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yep. So and then finally, in June 2008, the fourth edition player handbook, the monster manual and the DM guide were released. Um, so that so June 2008 was when it was released. OK, um, so like a whole year before they were doing pre-releases and hypes. And I mean, that's what we do with like video games nowadays is they're like, oh, yes. look, here's a little teaser trailer and here's a beta and here's a little thing. And here's a oh, shit, I got to download Call of Duty beta today. Don't let me forget. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yet, and then we won't be able to play, and I will be sad. Yeah, that would suck. So, <laughs> yeah, so people were pretty hyped, but then when it was released, there was a lot of anger from different players and uh, uh, game shops. Uh-huh. Um, and it mostly, the anger was mostly focused on like more the financial investment that that folks had had in 3.5e um, and like the brief turnaround. So it hadn't really been that long between 3.5e and 4e. And we, last time we talked about how big 3 and 3.5 was in the investment, how much energy and stuff you had to invest the game. in. Yeah. Yeah. And each of these um, books is like $30. Yeah. So there was a lot of like expressed anger um, by people who played. And so a lot of people either A, continued to play the older editions or even they switched over to playing Pathfinders, which we'll talk about another time. Um, But even with all that negativity, the initial print of the fourth edition sold out during pre-orders and Wizards had to announce a second print uh, run prior to even the official release in June. So people were angry, but it still sold out before it was even <laughs> I'm gonna released. I'm going to play this then, anyway. Yeah, I'm pissed, but I'm still going to get it, and I'm going to be pissed about it. So, yeah. Uh, that is like us. Yep. 
I'm pissed about yeah. a new DLC or I'm pissed about this new update, but I can't stop myself from playing it. Yeah, exactly. So that's so. We harp on the, the virtual tabletop difficulties of having to purchase things in multiple locations, but do you see us not doing it? No. I mean, we want to, but we don't. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so yeah. Tell me about these new classes. Like, what's different about this? Okay, so 4E definitely changed some things up. So unlike the other editions where there was just the three core rule books, uh, 4E rules came out in multiple volumes of the player handbooks, um, the GM dies and the monster manuals, um, and they were released yearly. So the first player handbook, um, player handbook one that was released in June, only included the warlock and the warlord. Um, and so then the player handbook two, which was released later, included a barbarian, a bard, druid, and sorcerer were added. And then the monk was finally added in the player handbook three release. Wow. So just so like it was the player like, handbook three have all of the races then in one? Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I don't know. I didn't look at that, but okay. I just know that it was finally introduced. I, I would say it probably is, but um, yeah, so they slowly introduced the classes again which was i guess pretty frustrating for people who had already played so yeah yeah um, they're all here in this one yeah yeah oh, that's so cool. okay so you have to yeah, buy so, the book three times that's frustrating or just yeah wait. so that's frustrating or you just had to wait so that was pretty i think fed back to the people's frustration about this one mm -hmm. um so another thing 4E also saw like a major overhaul of the game system as well. There was a changes to spells and um, other like per counter sourcer sourcing. Um, so basically this addition gave all classes a similar number of at will per, per encounter per day powers. So <laughs> spells. That was really, that was a tongue twister. At will per encounter per day powers. Um, these powers could like range from effects, which can include uh, status effects, creating zones, or force movement. So they could all you could all cast spells to force people to do things. Even um, fighters, even like non even fighters. Casting. Okay. Yeah. So basically, every class in D and D um, became a spell caster. Okay. So um, this, but this made combat very tactical. And so basically it made a requirement that you had to use miniatures and maps. And a lot of people were not excited about that. All right. So back that part's kind of back to basics with the original mm -hmm. wargaming. All right. Yeah. So they, you ha almost had to have, um, all of this, this stuff, mm -hmm. uh, to do it. So, um, which is interesting. I mean, I don't mind having it, but I think to force people to do something they don't want to do. And again, the financial investment. Yes. Minis because getting minis, getting a maps. Um, I mean, of course you could use stuff you already had, but if you were a hardcore gamer, you probably wanted, you know, to invest in it more, but that's what wizards wanted. They wanted you to invest in getting their minis to getting their maps, getting their books. Um, so yeah. pretty, pretty crazy. So, yeah. Oh, so, man. yeah. It's pretty neat. Um, we also saw some class uh, changes with the classes because they were trying to design them based on not just tropes and art, uh, you know, archetypes. They wanted it to actually um, focus around what they could accomplish in the game. So for e design classes to ensure interesting ways that they could participate in combat. So it's like you weren't just a fighter; you could 
be something else. So they they felt like this was going to help different differentiate them in terms of the story because a lot of times in older editions all fighter types kind of rolled together, all spell types kind of rolled together. So they wanted you to be able to make a difference in the story that you were telling. Okay. So um Pull they they did this into it. Yes. Yeah, so they they did this by including power sources and roles. Um, And each class had a primary role and a couple of options, secondary roles that favored how the class accomplished their primary role. So for like example, the paladin was a defender, but he was a legendary defender, as opposed to the fighter was a controller defender or a striker defender. So it was like just described the difference. So I am... I found a 4E character generator online, um, mm-hmm. which it was a, it's a, just a, like an HTML gen- character builder, not a big thing, but it was the only thing that I could find that was like a digital version of a character sheet to sort of lay out all of the options, you know, because I, I, I love the D&D Beyond feel, so I, I have yeah. the fourth edition player's handbook and can look through that and do the character building, but it's it's a little bit more convoluted, so I wanted something that was like, here here's all your choices, like right here. And then, but I looked at it and was like, nope, this, what? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it, to think, it is a cool idea though. Mm-hmm. Um, like all these, you know, the the different roles and the power sources, because in like the older games that we've gone over, players might run into a lot of problems where classes do absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Where like one class is like, you know, major cool. There are classes that are highly specialized and then there's classes who do everything poorly. So it's, um, this was kind of the idea of defining that the combat roles would help prevent a lot of those problems. Huh. Okay. Not necessarily, didn't necessarily actually do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is what they went into it thinking. That's why they added this. Um, and that's some of the stuff they shared in those prequels was why they were adding it. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, so pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Com- complicated, it sounds like. But. Yeah, 4E is just like 5E, or 3E, 3, 3 and 3.5, complicated. Yes. A lot of changes, a lot of Complicated in different ways, though. Like, 3E is yes. complicated in the skills department. 40 plus skills, point by system, every level you get more points, and you can do that. 4E started the simplification of that that skill process yes. so for you but then added other five, stuff but then yeah. their combat is like <laughs> yeah it's crazy do all yeah these so do all these things they also for e also introduced changes um to attack rolls uh and it and skill checks so like all of those got bonuses equal to half their level rather than increasing a different race basing on class or their skill so Which it simplified it cool. yeah so everybody leveled up together so each skill was either a trained skill or untrained skill mm-hmm. um but either way all characters received a bonus to all skill roles based on their level yeah so which is so that's pretty efficiency nice. bonus which is sort yes. of okay cool. so they kind of simplified that down so wow pretty neat i would like to play but a lot this. of difference yeah i mean there are try. people you know most people don't like it but people who love it love it yeah, one of my one of the first D and D podcasts I ever listened to is Dungeons and Randomness, and they did four four E, um, and it's very good. It's very interesting to listen to. So, mm-hmm. uh, their parties are pretty good too, which helps. Yeah, you know. But it is yeah. like I remember being like, okay, daily powers, and 
what what is this <laughs> okay what, I, what yeah. are you doing but this was also kind of prior to me having any D&D knowledge outside of 1E so like this is very different spellcasters it's... work what what is that <laughs> yeah this like? yeah 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 and that's I mean I think like we saw what we've spellcasters have been the ones that changed the most between across the editions um and i don't like playing spellcasters but i've only ever played them in 1e or 2e mm -hmm. i've never played them in 5e so um michael's like you need to play them in 5e they're totally different yeah. but uh yeah so imagine playing them in this one everybody's a spellcaster so i would have would i've hated it well, but then you get your, you know, your smash mash, but also like an added magic. So maybe that's a nice ease into. Uh, Was everybody a, a ranger? Player. Because rangers are fighters who also have spells. You are so right. we ha I have played a spellcaster because yeah. I love rangers. Yeah, rangers are um, the best. They are the best. Yeah. Don't come at us. They're the best. Yeah, get out. If you don't like rangers, don't come back. Don't don't be coming at us with yeah. that shit. Yeah. Hey, you rangers just got to know how to play them, yes. right? We, I mean, yeah. Katie, hands down, does the most damage out of anybody in our party. I just love, I just love uh, <laughs> Ranger and man. Yep. I think, I think that Ranger will probably in the end be, I don't know. Yeah, probably, probably. Monks are pretty damn fun. Yeah. Yeah, I want to play a monk. I got to roll through all these classes. It's just, you know, now that. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like, I want to go back and play my favorites, but I'm like, nope, I have to play through all the classes. Now that's I the officially deal. don't have any D&D, just the two that I run. I am not a player in any campaign right now. Well, you're about to do John's. Yeah. That's not D&D though, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's similar. That's still character creation, which I'm really excited about. And I'm excited that he's uh, open to the idea of us doing it all together. I think that's going to be really fun. So It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited. I was. I was sad he was like, sorry, we're going off topic, people who are listening, but I was sad when he was like, I don't want, I don't, no one was interested. I was like, we all we are. Were all and then he got, he got all excited again. That was yeah. really. Yeah. I was like, oh nice. no, how did we, we were all like, we're in. I think maybe it's because I, I was like, I don't think Mike is interested just because he's working, which is the case. You know, he was very interested, but now he has to work. So um, that's not really an option for him. But I think that yeah. kind of was like, I may have made it sound like we weren't interested because Mike was working, but I am very interested, John. If you're listening yeah. to this, I'm very interested. Yeah. Yeah. John, I think maybe actually, I don't know if John listened to our podcast, but I know a couple of weeks ago we had said we're not super into that type of game. Yeah. And so maybe if he listened to it, he got oh. us feeling hurt, but that doesn't mean I won't try it. Yeah. Well, and this one, the way he described this one, I feel like is more fantasy. It's a good mashup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was mashup. just shadow run was not, not not my style but get out of here with I that shadow run mind try you don't know until you try things right exactly like um exactly i'll try anything once except for spicy peppers not a chance mm, you can't i won't try anything once yeah, but i'll try most things once yeah <laughs> so i'll give you that Ice um, so sam anyway no. back to 40 <laughs> which we would try once um so good transition yes <laughs> yeah anybody wants to um, teach us 40 yeah, if you want to run the gang. Yeah. Um, what else was different? You found some information on attack. Uh, so the attacks are different. And so in, in 5e, you've got, you know, here's your weapon attack. And it's based on strength or dex. And then you've got maybe some spell attacks. Um, but that's that's it. You've got um, within your spell attacks, you've got dailies. Then you've got some feats, which are like character specific 
abilities that you might have one or, or you know every long rest or whatever they made many many different versions of this there's encounter attacks which are your weapon daily attacks which are like your spell things your buffs and then utility powers as well um and these are all different levels of things you can do with your character and they each have different timers some are daily some are long rest some um, that's a daily but like um short rest some you have three some you have ten some are at will cantrip you know and it's just like this is very like you've got to really really know your character and that's that's yeah. one of the things that um I I value in in character. You know, your first how many times did I have to put up a sign that said I have two attacks? <laughs> I was like, you know, so then you complicate that even further where it's like oh, cuz things change per level. These change per level. You get more, you get different ones. You get more complicated powers. You get paragon powers after your level 10, which is a whole separate thing. Um so it's it's a lot of Really understanding your character and your character's abilities so that you can play the game because it is so tactical. Um, it's right. not a role play based game like three and five are. Right. Um, yeah. It's more of a like risk war game style. Um, but to sort of counterbalance that, they they slim down the skills um, to just strength, which has athletics, and then constitution has endurance, which we don't have in five e. Uh, Dex has acrobatics, stealth, and thievery which we don't have in 5e, and intelligence has arcana, history, and religion, wisdom, dungeoneering, dungeoneering, heal, insight, nature, and perception, and then charisma is bluff, diplomacy, intimidate, and streetwise. So I think it would be nice to have sort of a balance of those skills and 5e skills. I feel like 5e pared them down a little too much. But strength only has one. Yeah, strength. Con only has one. Uh, and then, you know, dex has three and mm -hmm. then they increase they increase increase whereas i think that 5e didn't they try to even them out where each well like con each... has none in 5e there are no it has skills, none? no skills related to con because it's specifically um your constitution oh. <laughs> yeah you have your saving throw and then your constitution and then constitution is your health points your hit points so okay well that's it's... fair because that's kind of big and then i see because i always forget that there's no skills attached I used to do that as my dump stat, and then that's why I have shitty hit points. And I was like, "Stop doing that!" <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the trick. That's the trap you fall into, right? It's like, hmm. yeah. So, but I yep. I like the um, like bluff. You know, I we have deception right instead, which is bluff. Um, that's yeah. bluff. Um, diplomacy. I think we have something similar to that, don't we? Um. Yeah, because it's persuasion. But they have persuasion. Yeah. Do they not? They do. Oh, no, 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 it's perception. Sorry. Yeah, so diplomacy was replaced by persuasion. Um, then intimidate. You know, streetwise. We don't streetwise. Street what was streetwise? Survival. It's the same oh, kind of. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like these names, though. Yeah. What's dungeoneering? So dungeoneering could be survival, it's too. It's like traps. But... It's like looking oh. for traps and that kind of stuff. So, and I feel like, okay. you know, I... I I like that in D&D Beyond, you can just add your skills um, and it will automatically do all your stuff. So like if you have, like I have a th uh, a rogue and so yeah. um, my pick locks, I added that as an actual skill because it's, you know, your proficiency plus whatever, whatever, whatever you're yeah. in. Um, so I have thieves tools. 
So instead of having to be like, okay, what is this again? I can just look at my sheet because I've added that skill. Right. Um, I think, you know, I, I like, I would like some middle ground between like 3.5 and um, 5 for skills. Because uh, I feel like we, we got rid of a lot that were fun or important for character building when we made it a tactical game and then we proceeded with the tactical skills only. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what does medicine do? That's like a one e skill that we don't really. Well, you use. know how to you t you know how to take medicine correctly. <laughs> it, it, no, you're supposed to take that with water. You were supposed to take that with food. God. Whoops. Like maybe Whoops. we could do like geriatric D and D where we're all on like we got to remember what meds were. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Oh Can my I gosh! And then we today? could you do different because I still really love the idea of doing a party that's all the same mm -hmm. class. Um, because no matter what it is, because you could be like, you all work at a karate store together. And so you're all monks. And so your yes. karate store got like, that could be like the, you know, Michael's going to do the encounter of the day. We could all be the same class yes. for those because we could be like, we were all at our book club, you know? So we're all like, um, I don't know which spellcaster uses books in 5e. Wizard. Wizard uses wizard. films. So we're yeah. all wizards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, man. We could be like a K-pop bard band. Yeah. So we like don't tell him what classes we are, but we're all just the same. And then we come in, even though it's an encounter, we can be like, you broke up our book club. So we can like role play on, like force role play on him. Yes. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> like we could have a, a, a session zero without him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. could plan. We could. <laughs> we could. Right, because not only will the the encounters of the day help him with planning, you know, the levels and the monsters. It will also help us learn to role play better during combat. So instead of being like, mm. "I'm going to stab him," we can practice our role playing skills while in combat because like that's a it. big thing about D and D that I think that our groups don't do yeah. we just kind of say what we're gonna do in combat so i think we can practice our role playing in i combat. like that yeah i always get distracted i'm kind of like linear in that like i can do one yeah, track yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. would be I'm really the same good way. to practice that so i think if he's practicing this we can force ourselves to practice continuing yeah. that role play uh so that it makes it more like we actually are working together because we can be like hey, I'm going to do this or whatever, you know, so people can plan encounters like, hey, he's going to do this spell. So that means I can do this. Uh -huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Oh, I like that. I like it. Man. Yeah. All right. What so, else? Well, that's pretty cool. 4E. Do we have? Uh, okay. So 4E. Um, so 4E also really tried to grow. So kind of what we were just talking about, the, the battling. Um, but it, so it really tried to grow beyond the tactical setup. So they introduced a ceiling, a system of ceiling. Oh my gosh, I just combined the two words. They introduced a system of healing surges. Ceiling surges. Uh, ceiling. They built ceilings into the dungeons, finally. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was always raining on you. Uh, so this, they introduced a uh, system, I did it again, system of healing surges, and then also short and long rest were included to act as a resource management as well. So that was the first time those had been introduced. Um, okay. this, ma this made it to where healing was something everybody could do, at least in limited amounts. That way the clerics wasn't just expending their own resources to heal. Um, so the healing target, the target of the healing paid for the healing. Okay. 
But if you needed healing, you paid for it. Um, so this was really smart because it I got like the, the cleric out of just being the just a first aid kit. Right. Because that's what clerics were. Um, and if you look back, clerics, um, playing a cleric in 4E and 5E is boss. Like, they have so much more about them mm-hmm. because they've entered Deuce. And they kind of kept this when you went over to 5E because other people can still do some healing. Um, so, but in, like, 1E, 2E, you could do first aid, but you couldn't do any healing. Right. So, uh, I think bards could do some healing in that. So, but yeah, the whole whatever. 1E healing structure is terrifying. Yeah, so. It's more realistic, um, but so was, but... Yeah, more realistic. So, that was pretty cool. It got, got it out like everybody could heal at least a little bit so that mm-hmm. you could offer... It was more than just the um, dungeon crawling right. game, game kind of thing. So um, active prestige, combat. Active combat, right. Yeah. So, and then prestige classes were also introduced. Uh, or Sorry, this prestige classes that were introduced in 3 and 3.5 were replaced by a system in which characters at level 11 could choose a pathagon path. Path, pathagon path, I think that's how you say it. And or specialized based on their class. So they took away the prestige classes and they replaced it with at level 11, you could become specialized. And then the core roles were expanded to level 30 instead oh. of level 20. Um, and then they yeah. brought back the epic level into the core. Nice. Yeah, so pretty nice. pretty neat. Um, I don't know what difference. Obviously, they went back to just level 20. So I don't really know. I guess that didn't wasn't something that stuck. So, well, I mean, look um, how long it's taken us to. I think a lot of that has to do with like, yeah, focus, right? Like yeah. we've been playing, uh, the Giant Hunters game. We started that four years ago, mm-hmm. and we're level eleven. Eleven, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That's a long time. I mean, I'll uh-huh. keep playing because I like it. But I can understand, like, the need to be like, okay, here's an, a, a lower cap because it's just going to. Right. You know. Right. And, yeah, I mean, so I think, uh, and we'll talk about this more next time, but I think 5e was a it was a very much like, whoop, oopsie, <laughs> yeah. we made a mistake. And so they kind of went back on a lot of stuff um, to pacify a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. All the decisions were correct, um, as we'll touch next time. But that's really what 5e was, was like, my bad. <laughs> well, again. I won't I won't do it again, you know, kind of thing. Um, so I made a list of some cool things about 4e and some bad or weird things about 4e. So we're nice. going to go over those real quick. So the first thing that I thought was really cool about 4e was how brave it was. So um, 4e and its designers were not afraid to take risks. Uh, they were not afraid to do things differently, which was really, really cool. Um, uh, they weren't af- afraid to break away from what D&D had become um, if there was a better way that they thought they could do things. So uh, that was really cool. They were like, we're not going to be stuck in this mold. If we think things can be done better, we're going to do it. So they were very brave on doing that because doing that in a world where there is fans, we know fandoms are very overwhelming. People don't like change. So to take that step forward and and be that brave on saying, hey, I think this could be done better is something really, really cool. And so because they were so brave, the first drafts of the the decisions were almost unrecognizable from what came before. So their first drafts of what they wanted for it to be were 
like did not even it looked like a completely different game um but they kept going back to the drawing board until they felt like they had a good mix of what D stood for and trying to make something new and exciting okay that is really i mean that's such that's what i think role-playing game should be it's like yes let's make sure it's still something we can see but let's grow it yeah and a lot of people don't like that so but that's one of the things that i thought was really cool about 4e so um and then the second thing is that i thought the designers really seemed to think about what the game elements actually meant so like what is a class what is a race what is a monster they really were like let's dig into this see what it means and make define find it in a better way and make people really think about what does it mean to be a monster what does it mean to be a cleric what does it mean to be um you know a tiefling i don't know if they had tieflings but but you know what i mean what does it mean to be those things let's define it so that was really cool um the other thing that so it seemed like they really wanted to build a world that matched the game um the fact that the world of four uh dnd 4e and the game itself were so connected is proven by what happened to forgotten realm so i'm not gonna go over this today because it's really really deep but if you ever want to look into what 4e did to the world of forgotten realms you should really do that um i recommend it um there was a lot of people were really pissed about the changes they made but they really tried to make it match the world does that make sense yeah um yeah so okay. they literally had to crash planets together. They had to kill gods. That's they burned the merging down the of world. Abel Toral and the Sundering. I know this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Nerd. yeah. So they 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 killed the gods. They burned the world, and um, they they waited a hundred years to get the game of Four E to fit into the world. So they, I mean, they they yeah. fucked up a world so they could fit it into their game. Um, and and because of that, the game and the world of 4E were so tied together so tightly that like you knew the world that like, you just had to have that world together. It was mm-hmm. so cool. And we don't see that anymore. So yeah. that's what I thought was really cool. Did you have anything that you wanted to add that you thought was really, really cool about 4E? Having not have have only having listened to the the podcast really is is my like knowledge about 4e um and that was set in in a different world the the customization of private worlds was easy it seemed like you could really mm-hmm. build the the structure of the combat and the skills and the character building really gave a lot of allowances for building your own world which you know right. i i love world building so i think that's really fascinating that you can um and i you know, Pathfinder had a huge impact on that too by creating more races and more availability. And I think 4E really sort of channeled that into, you know, hey, we're not going to do a lot of role playing, but we can create a fully immersive environment for you. So combat's not just rolling a dice, it's thinking about who you are and why you're here. Why you're in it. And Pathfinder's was an exact result of 4E. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a result of um wizards of the coast working and i can't remember exactly i did the research but now i can't remember but it was people that used to work together it's pazio did um yeah and so like they had to something happened and there was a big fight (laughs) and they were like they were like oh people mad at you because you changed everything guess what we're gonna do so yeah 
Yeah. So interesting stuff. So, okay. So some weird and bad things about 4E. So the first one, this one really merged my love of D&D and true crime. Um, but, and I never knew this until I started researching this, but thanks to poor uh, project management and the lead developer, his name was Joseph Barton, uh, he committed a murder-suicide. Um, and he was developing their online tools. Uh, so when he did that, the tools were completely botched at launch and they never fully were completed because because he killed himself, he had never shared his information with wizards. Whoops. And so they didn't have any of it. And then because he was he went mad and killed his ex exchange ex his wife that he wasn't living with and then shot himself. Um, they didn't have a tool. So that is why they, that's why Wizards doesn't have an online tool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Whoops. Drama. And then yeah. D&D Beyond was like, we'll take this. We'll be like, uh, ha ha. Opening murder. of the mm. Yeah. So that's why we talked a couple sessions ago about why did they let this drop? They messed up. Yeah. Maybe it was out of their control. So that was kind of a, a weird thing. People were super excited about this online tool. It had been talked about, talked about, people were really looking forward to. So when it was released, it, it sucked. Mm -hmm. And then they never completed it. So it just kind of dropped off the, their wayside. So yeah. that kind of sucked for people. Um, there was no such thing as a simple I hit fighter um, in 4E at its launch. At the launch, this was later fixed, and there was an e and they also made an equally simple I blow it up sorcerer as well. Fireball, so, fireball! <laughs> but people were really mad that there wasn't any simple I hit it fighter because uh -huh. some people just love that. So um, they made a big mistake and they alienated a lot of people with that. They tried to retro at it with not only adding that but also adding the simple sorcerer, but mm -hmm. Eldridge Blast maybe um, so kind of thing. My favorite. So yeah. Goofy. Uh-huh. So, um, so 4E also showed the additions, uh, showed the birth of additions war. So this is a thing where uh, people really started to stake their position in the sand on which edition they thought was the best. And they went out of their way to explain why anybody who disagreed with their opinion was wrong. Um, that if you play 4E, you aren't a D&Der. If you play 3E, so... 4E, because of people's anger towards it, made people become more polarized. And so there was very much like a, the Edition Wars came about. Oh. Civil War of D&D &D was okay. introduced. Nice. So a lot of drama around 4E. Murder, war, famine, Gosh. probably. Yeah. Um, conquest. Yeah, so conquest. You got them all. Uh, it got them all. Um, and the last thing that I thought was kind of sad about the 4 edition or weird, um, that the gaming license uh, changed. It became more restrictive. Um, and you can no longer use the D&D engine to create your own RPGs. Ah. Which was really, people got really sad. Like, you used to be able to use their worlds and you could post them and share them. And then other people could play those. And, of course, there was a lot of crap you had to dig through because of that. But there was still some great things that were born. But 4 e made that way more restrictive. You couldn't use their, um, you know, couldn't use their gaming license. You know, you could get in a lot of trouble. And so then that made it to where you couldn't use their engine anymore. Wow. So you could use just the basic, you know, D20 structure was still an OGL, but they restricted the player's handbook was no longer, you can't use these races and classes for your own. Right. right. Hmm. And if you do, you have to, so it's like you could get in a lot of trouble. And so, yeah, it became 
a big thing. And so that's why also I think Pathfinder was born from this as well. So they created their own downfall. Yeah. Yeah. For e, there's death. There's the four horsemen because for e died. It's not. Yeah. Not Do you have anything left. weird or bad about for e that you wanted to add? Any uh, more drama? No, I don't. Too complicated. Uh, and that might be, you know, born out of my uh, familiarity with 5e, that anything more complicated than 5e is too complicated, which is, you know, every single edition prior to 5e. Um, yeah. But I, I, I like 1e when somebody else is running it and telling me what to do. Like, I know my character, right? Like, I will always know what my character is supposed to do. But like, did that hit all of that stuff? If I have to do all of that math and figure out the 30 things that I can do, it's too much. So, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, so I just have, like, one more thing before we go to break to add about 4E. Um, and if you have anything else you want to add, you can as well. But um, So I know a lot of us really want to believe that 4E was a flop, but it actually wasn't. Um, not completely. So it really grew the community. Um, the, no, more people started playing. Younger people started playing. Um it, of course, it didn't resonate with established D&D players, but it, as I said, it did really, really well, like really well with newer and younger players. So they were marketing. It's kind of like if you think about it, the new Star Wars movies, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of older people were not happy about them, but it inter it's introducing newer fans. That's who they're mark. Star Wars is supposed yeah. to be marketed towards younger fans. Mm -hmm. And so. I mean, I liked them, so I don't really care, but, you know, and I'm an older fan, but a lot of fans got really pissed off about things, you know. And we're not so now sticklers for the rules, though. No, we're not. Are. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm always, like, I always love the books, and I love the movies. Yep. Like, I'm not one of those people who is, like, the movie was, the books were better. Yeah. No, they're two different things, so yeah. two different entities. But 4E really kind of fit into that mold where the older fans did not like it, the newer fans, though, newer people were introduced. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, and that's the, that problem is the, you know, the problem with it is, is that D&D relies so heavily on established fans when they market the game. Yep. So if you alienate your established fans, you lose your gateway to new fans to get into the product as well. Yep. So that's why people often think, you know, it's like 4E was a flop, 4E was stupid, we don't want to play it. But that's not actually the case. It wasn't a total failure. It just, because you alienated the fans, people didn't want to play it anymore. Right. You know, and they fought back. And so then that's why we'll talk about this again next time. But 5E was really a, whoopsie, we're going to go, <laughs> like, we did bad, we're scared. Even though they were brave and made some changes that they felt, they just, they didn't stand by their, they yeah. didn't themselves so sarah says she's one of those star wars angry fans we know, <laughs> we know sir. and we love you for it it's okay it's okay to be angry like yeah. neither one is wrong it's right. just you know just appreciate it is it is what it is mm -hmm. you get more content yeah i don't know I, you know it's until i play it i don't want to be like i hate it right like i don't i want to I would really like somebody to come DM this for us. So, um, we would like all the additions to be honest. Wrong. I, what? Somebody said one side is always wrong. I mean, it's never my side. I, I agree, but I'm just trying to be, you know, 
everybody's op- opinion is valid, but some people's are wrong kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> you're wrong. Know. You're wrong. I don't. I don't think on this thing though. It it is wrong because it's just this isn't like a big thing where like four E sucks or five right. E sucks or Star Wars new movies suck. It's because you think they suck. Someone else can like them. It's just like right. you don't like pickles. I love pickles. Right. You're not a monster for liking pickles. Right. You're not also a monster for not liking pickles. It just means I get more pickles in the world. Yeah. So, you you know, you like mangoes. I hate mangoes. So that's right. Who's wrong? Who's wrong? Nobody's wrong. It's just their taste bud. (laughs) Flat earthers' opinions are not valid. Yeah, but they're interesting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, their opinion is valid in the sense that they're wrong. (laughs) I don't know. Wait, are you saying that the world could not be on the back of a turtle floating through space? Because that could be true, right? Right. It could totally be true. It's an invisible turtle. Do you know know the Discworld? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Ugh. What if the whole universe is on is all flat on the back of a turtle? Oh, somebody was just talking about um uh the LHC. They're doing a um uh what's the dual world um alternate reality thing? They're they're trying to prove that um that there are Parallel universes. That's what it was. And they're That's supposed so to do the test this universes. weekend. Yeah, but they're supposed to, like, they're going to have, like, definitive. Pr- I don't know. Dylan was telling us about it. And I, you can't to look do up the, the test for that in 2020. Well, it's You're something gonna... about, like, a black Please, hole. <laughs> yes. I was like, no, you guys. Have seen you guys this. not watched Fringe? Don't make do dinosaurs. Don't open no. black holes. Don't make cyborgs. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fringe. We're going to have a fringe event. Did you ever watch Fringe? Yeah. It terrified me. The pituitary gland episode. Freaked me the fuck so out. So good. The yeah. show's so good if you haven't watched it. Um, <laughs> Rick Sanchez did discover parallel universes. You were right. Um, but we're going to have a friend. This is not the year to do that shit. No. Don't open mummies. Nope. Don't punch black holes. Nope. I mean, we we just had to, you know, they just did the um, the rover on Mars. They just. Well, it's they I don't know if you like because, you know, he they had a storm and he his battery went out. And the last thing he says was like, it's getting cold. Um, and so they've been playing songs to try to wake him up. And you can listen to the the soundtrack on Spotify. And it's really sad. But they just were like, all right, he's there. You're gone. And it's so sad. It's a robot. I don't know. That didn't have alone and cold out on Mars all by himself. Yeah. So they just like. They didn't abandon it, because I don't want to say that they've been trying for months by, yeah. like, playing music to it. And you should listen to the songs. It's like, open your eyes. <laughs> it's really sad. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's They but just it, sent one out to Jupiter, and it finally, like, took a bunch of pictures of Jupiter. And then they're like, and it's just going to keep going. Like, we, it's, it's not like, going to come back. It's just. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Just floats away. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So. 4E is a lot like outer space. It, outer space. <laughs> it's unexplored by most. Some people think it's scary, but most people think it's a beautiful experience. See, An alien. we always come back. Yeah. We always come back. Mm-hmm. 
We're good at that. That's our game. (laughs) Yeah. Does anybody in chat have anything about 4E? Have you played 4E? Do you, did you love it? Did you hate it? Pause for everybody. Everybody don't type at once. Nope. Nobody's played 4E. Nobody, nobody, nobody played 4E. Silence on the frontier. So, uh, Maybe we will one day. Maybe, maybe, maybe the DM for Dungeons and Randomness um, would be interested in letting us play. That would be nice. Yeah. So I don't know how, like, he's got a Patreon and I'm sure he's just bucket loads of famous now uh, because he's been doing this for forever. But maybe I will reach out. Minecraft. (laughs) Is that fourth edition? (laughs) We haven't played. We don't know. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else before we break? I don't think I have anything else on 4E. Um, so we'll take a real quick break, refill our drinks, and we'll come back with some brunch facts. Brunch facts. We'll be back in like five or less minutes. Oh, wait. We're talking about ESO now. Michael, when are you going to play? That's our parting words for a break. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are rested and potty. Yeah, get your drinks (laughs) refilled. Get your drink refilled. So uh, the drink of the day is uh, called Death in Venice. Mm. Um, So this drink gives you really um, kind of like Italian brunch vibes. At least that's what it is for me. Um, I look at it kind of like a drink that you would have in between brunch and maybe a late lunch. So if you're a hobbit, you you would have have this drink. Second lunch. Um, so the ingredients for one drink is, um, I think it's called camp, camp pear. Do you know how to say that? Campari. 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 I don't know how to say it. I think. Um, so you're going to use um, half an ounce or a tablespoon 
um, grapefruit bitters, four drops, and then Prosecco. And you just add the, the Campari grapefruit bitters to your glass, top with Prosecco, and stir lightly. Yeah. And it should be like this pinky color. Yeah, I used it's to very, um, I like it now. I love grapefruit. This is, it's pretty, um, it's very uniquely flavored, but I, I like it. It's, it's, um, like dry and like, I feel like you could have it with hors d'oeuvres. Mm. Okay. So that's pretty it's like cool. a light, yeah. it's like a, a full bodied thing that you're also, you're eating something light with. So not like a, yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so it's pretty science. pretty cool. So um, for brunch, the brunch today, I kind of wanted to, because, you know, 4E was very about, yes, it was weird. Yes, it made some strangers, but it was very much like brave, people coming up with new ideas, um, people changing things. And so today I was like, what do I do for brunch? And I was like thinking, when I think about d and I'm like, why didn't I think of that idea? Why didn't I come up with that? I wish I thought of that first. And so then I thought about brunch and was like, man, what are some of the trends that we see in brunch that we wish we would have thought of first? So I listed three and then Sam will share if she has any. Okay. Um, so some of the things that I wish that I came up with brunch and I missed out, the first one would be like avocado toast. Um, so because it's everybody's favorite $2 extra for avocados thing to explain about, complain about. Um, yet somebody genius enough to take bread, a common pantry staple, and smash some avocados on top of it for upwards of $12. So good. It's like once this simple creation became trendy, once people started being like, ooh, avocado toast, now they started adding toppings like tomatoes and eggs and chili flakes and limes. And and they're, I mean, they're making bug bank on this. Mm-hmm. Why did I think of that? Ugh, I'm going to go to the first watch after this and order some I food. love avocado toast. Yes, it's so good. Yeah, it, it's so good. So, I mean, it, that is one that I'm like, why didn't I think of this? Mm-hmm. Why, why didn't I think of this? Um, the second one, which I'm like, why didn't I think of this, which is bottomless mimosas. Why didn't we come up with that idea first? We were already doing it. Yeah. Why didn't we share it with the world? Um, you know, why have one flute when you can have a whole bottle? That's kind of the motto behind bottomless mimosas. <laughs> the genius who invented bottomless mimosas, mimosas thought that, and they are genius. Mm-hmm. So. So, um, you know, alcohol. Yeah. Why like, market good. one when we can market 12? Why market this as a dollar when we can sell it for $12 for the whole bottle? Um, so, you know, alcohol is not a new breakfast trend. And, you know, temple, temp, typically brunch, sometimes they use it to cure the night hangover. But but by pr- pricing those mimosas accordingly and giving people a couple hours to finish their drinks, restaurants are able to make bunk bank and still control the mayhem so it's like you only have this amount of time to drink yeah like think of um endless bubbles at bonefish so you have it from like i think 11 to one two i don't know what it is so it's like you have people you can control it between that time but you're making bank Bank. i wish i came up with it and nobody's unhappy at brunch, so uh-uh. have, like the uh-uh. angry drunks. No, no one's angry. Sometimes people are emotional, but never angry. 
sometimes they're like, <laughs> uh, but never, never angry. Yeah. So the next one that I wish I came up with was, uh, now I, I can't mix these two words as, as well as I can brunch, but resort. Okay. Okay. Which is um, sometimes the toughest decision you'll ever make at brunch is sweet or savory. And that's when dessert or breakfast and dessert hybrids come together. Um, And so because of that, they're so good. And these sections are people are picking up and they're now places are having their own sections on the menu. It's like cinnamon roll pancakes, s'more French toast or donut pancakes. Those are all things uh, that you can get. Creme brulee French toast at Bonefish. Yes. yes. It's like, why didn't we think of that? Sam, why didn't we think of that? So the last thing that I wish I would have thought of was eggs on everything. You know, yep. there's an age question. What came first, the chicken or the egg? And while that answer is still unknown, I know one thing's for certain. Everything tastes better with an egg on top. Everything. Yeah, fried egg. Yeah. Like people are putting it on pizzas and burgers and salads and sandwiches and <sighs> Yes. I love eggs. So yummy. That's have you so, um have you had, had the sous vide eggs at Starbucks? Mm So I had these for the first time when we went to the wedding uh two weeks ago and it was so yummy. It's bacon gruyere sous vide eggs. So it's just essentially so this is one of the things I wish I'd thought about. You just take an egg. And you put it in a little sous vide so it cooks all the way through with all of your little mixings in it. So it just makes a little, it's just like a, the egg itself with stuff in it. And it's a little ball of delicious, tasty, <sighs> so good. That's it's yummy. like frittata, except mm. not quite. It's cooked differently and it tastes differently than frittata. It's like soft all the way through. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but yeah, I wish okay, I had I thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so those are the ones that I, every time I see it, I'm like, I wish I would have thought of this. I'd be so rich. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so what are some brunch trends you guys have seen in the last few years that wish you wish you had thought of? You should let us know. You should let us know. Yeah, I know, sure, Sarah, you don't like right. eggs, but that's because you're allergic. What if do you, you like allergic, for brunch instead? Like What's mm-hmm. your favorite brunch thing? My grandmother didn't like eggs either. But she really like. I, I think Sarah. I think Sarah's allergic. Yeah, yeah. So that's different than not liking them. That's true. I am allergic to lobster, but I love it, so I eat it anyway. Yeah. Are you allergic to all shellfish or just no, lobster? Just lobster. I think it's just a rich thing. It's just the way they process it for like lobster rolls. For some ah. reason, I always get nauseous after I eat it, but I eat them anyway because whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Because I am a glutton for punishment, so. Yeah. Um, oh, do you know what we didn't do? We didn't roll for Constitution. Oh, no, we didn't roll. Oh, I'm going to roll with my brand new dice. Me too. Yes. I got a new Ooh. dice that I find. I bought some new dice. <gasps> you probably can't see, but it's Halloween. It's got little bats yes, in it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> got to start making our own dice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Oh, that's a natural one. So I'm not going Ooh, natural today. 20! Nice! <laughs> so mine's the a negative thing, because two. I'm about to drive to Greensboro, so. <laughs> we all know you're good. What if we did, like, decided things in real life that way? I know. Like, uh-oh. I can't uh-oh. work tomorrow. I've got a 20. Yep. Oopsie. <laughs> Wee. 
Uh, oh, and Sarah says she doesn't like the texture. So. Oh, okay. The texture of eggs, like hard boiled or because I don't like runny eggs. If it is not over hard, I'm not interested. So, so you probably don't like a lot of the stuff on the brunch then, because a lot of those are. I just always ask them to do over hard instead. Yeah, like people are like, "You want your egg Benedict over hard?" I'm like, "I do," and they're like, "All right." weirdo that's fair but they do it i like them over medium i like over medium i don't like them as runny but i do like a little run yeah i don't know it's totally a mental thing honestly like it's not a taste or a texture thing it's just a mental soupy eggs i don't have issues with textures well that's a lie that's why i don't like oatmeal oh yeah well yeah it's slimy I don't like slime. Well, eggs. it reminds me of something, and so I don't like to eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... You're welcome. It's funny. Uh, the other day, I was hanging out with Jason, our, one of our friends, and he feels the same way. Yeah. I was like, I've never met anybody who thinks the same as me. Yeah. But now I'm it's, yeah. it's like mangoes. I can't eat a mango without thinking about you. It's impossible. Like, Sorry. Every, it's okay because I, I don't taste it, but every time I'm like, Am I gonna taste it this time? Like, is it gonna be? Does yeah. it taste like BO? Nope, not today, but every time I think of you. So now every right. time I eat oatmeal, I'm gonna think about that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So, You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tanking oatmeal sales <laughs> already. They'll never be a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined mangoes for Sarah, too. Can't ruin sorry, anything man. for me. It's impossible. It- it's it's there. It's I mean, you guys just didn't notice, man. You yep. didn't notice. It's there. <laughs> We're all sensitive. I'm just enlightening you. Yeah. I'm enlightening you. Not ruining things. I'm enlightening you. <laughs> Making the world a worse place. I don't yeah. I'm worried. Somebody I'm said cilantro things. tastes like soap to them. That is that like... is a that is a um ge- genetic thing. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alright, yeah, because I was like tastes like soap to me interesting yeah it's a like there's a thing where you can be like um you know on when you do that 23 23 Mm -hmm. um it's like based on your genetics you are likely to taste soap when you it's one of those things where it's your body chemistry that makes that controls it it's the same thing with um asparagus Okay. Your genetic makeup, either you will, your pee will smell or it won't. Not everybody's pee smells when they eat asparagus. Really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I love it. The more you know. That's what we're here for. It's just interesting facts about stuff in general. Yeah. If you made it to the end of this podcast. (laughs) You get knowledge. You did it. That's our gift to you. You've leveled up. (laughs) Oh, man. What if we did that? Like every season, you're a different level. I mean, that's what we are doing with our character sheets, so never mind. Ignore me. I'm going to go have more coffee. Yeah. All right. That's anything fine. else on 4E? I, yeah, or I don't have anything else on 4E. I would just, I think, you know, we're next time we're going to be talking about 5E, which is the, the last edition. Um, I think I just want to say, like, going through the as editions, um, you know, I've played some of them. I've not played some of them. And you hear things about certain ones. You're like, oh, I, you, and you think you're not going to like them. But it's... I don't think that's true. I think each edition had their strengths mm-hmm. and each editions had their negatives. And I think that the reason why D&D has continued to grow and grow and grow is because it's it has something every single edition has something to offer for everybody. 
So it's like you kind of have to find the one that works for you. Um, I think 5e is is probably, yes, it maybe is the one that they went, whoopsie, and we, we're going to dumb it back down. Um, but it made it more friendly for the common non-gamer, right. non-RPGer like myself, you know, when I started five years ago, to be introduced into the game. Right. Um, and so it made it more friendly that way, uh, whereas 1e or 2e reflects to the classic you know, three is is reflecting to maybe people who want to do maybe more role play. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, more role play, more um, character development, more expansive options. But that's the thing. Like, just because we somebody didn't like four E, right, doesn't mean that it doesn't still exist. That's the cool thing. It's not is valid. If, if, yeah, five yeah, E is too easy for you. Play one E. You know, yeah. like it's not every edition still exists and is still available for anybody who wants it. Make your own. Johnny, he's combined them to refine it into something that he is really passionate about. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's... Yeah. Um, Leslie Ann's husband does the same thing. It's refined yeah. to be something that he wants. You know, I created yeah. my own world and my own characters, uh, my mm-hmm. own races to fill gaps um, within that. Um, that I, that I felt 5e wasn't accommodating for. So, uh, you know, it's, it's got, you can do whatever you want with it. It's an open world. Yeah. So make it your own mm-hmm. and don't shy away from something just cause you've heard it's bad. Maybe you're not finding your niche in D and D because you've not played the right edition. Right. And so that's the whole reason we wanted to go over these editions is to, to touch base on some of the special things about them. And so maybe the weird things, yeah. cause maybe you'll love those weird things, you know? Mm-hmm. So find one that that you like, play D&D, um, because, so this is, D&D is like a way to find your people. Um, so for example, the other day I posted something on a social media account about the election. And so one of my neighbors sent me a message and was like, oh, thank goodness you believe the same way as me. I thought I was the only person in this neighborhood. Um, and so it was like, we felt very alone. And I was like, oh, Yay, we're we're not stupid. And so um <laughs> and so then they she was like, Oh, I also saw that you do a podcast about gaming. And I was like, Yeah, about D D. We play D D. And she was like, Oh, me and my husband moved here. He used to play D D, but we don't have any friends. And I was like, Girl, well, hello. And so so I was like, hey, if he wants to play, let us know. We're doing it all virtually now. So because he's got some immune immune stuff going on. So okay. I was like, he can play with us. And yeah. so it's like you can find people that can be supportive and positive and great friends, even in 2020, where with all the shit going on, if you just let yourself be willing to invest in researching these additions. And you don't even have to research anymore. We've given you all the facts. Yeah, listen to us. You don't have to do anything. So you're welcome. Yeah, and you're <laughs> welcome. So if you guys have not already clicked that follow button, please do so. Um, Our goal with this podcast is to raise some money for some of the local gaming taverns and stores who are struggling in 2020, but we cannot do that until we reach 50 followers. So um, please tell your friends, have them click that link. They don't have to watch, just click that follow button. Um, yeah, and even if you're not watching this live, again, Sam, tell them where they can find your page because you guys can come back and just follow her page to help us support local yeah. uh, businesses. Yeah, so if you are listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, just go to twitch.tv backslash zero bandersnatch zero. 
um, and just click the follow button. Uh, there's no subscribe. You don't have to, to do that. We don't, we can't do that until we're um, affiliates, but uh, just the follow button. It's no, there's no cost associated with downloading Twitch. There's no cost associated with following me, but 50 followers will enable us to throw up a donate button so that we can donate to these local businesses. So um, if you like what we talk about or don't like what we talk about, but you like us or you just like to support things, click that follow button. If you hate us, you can follow us too, because then you can know when we're on and avoid us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we, well, I guess that's it for today. So we'll see you guys in two Two weeks. weeks Until then, I guess. Signing off. Bye. Signing off. Bye.